Aloha, and welcome back. This is Sol, your host for Pay Radio. As you know, I'm the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and I'm delighted to have you back for everybody who has been joining us over the years. Thank you for sharing time with us once again. I look forward to your wisdom in the form of comments in the comment box at the bottom of the page. For those who are brand new to our series, welcome aboard. Pay Radio is produced by Seoul University. If you'd like to keep up to speed as to when the next show is going to happen, highly encourage you to click on the follow button here at the top of the page. I'm inserting this special show into our series of classes because this particular topic is near and dear to me. This particular topic is often considered taboo. Suicide. When you hear the word suicide is your first inclination to switch topics. I invite you to stick with this topic of suicide as uncomfortable as it may make you. It's well worth talking about. And I say that because by the end of this segment, hope to provide you some tools that if you're ever faced with those dark thoughts yourself, or someone you know and love and care for, or possibly even a complete stranger, you cross their path in that moment in time where they may be considering taking their own life, that you have the tools necessary to not only help yourself see the options ahead of you, but you can help other people see those options as well. This special segment addresses a reality that over the past decade, after hundreds of workshops, seminars, retreats, classes, series, every single event, one, two, possibly three people have shared with their group that at one point in time in their life, they came very close to killing themselves. The core reason was because they felt worthless. They had no sense of worth. What's most painful to hear is when a person integrates that worthlessness at such a level that no matter who reaches out to them, no matter what support is given to them or offered to them, they reject it because they don't feel worthy. By the end of this segment, ladies and gentlemen, you will have two tools to not only help yourself explore any moments in time where you might feel worthless, you're going to learn about two tools that you can help yourself shine more light to find more options in life. And equally important that if your path ever crosses another person's path, where in that moment, your friend, your family member, or possibly a complete stranger is contemplating suicide, these tools will help you help them see clearly more options other than taking their life. This topic of suicide has become a newsworthy topic. Just today in the New York Times, as of the airing of this show, published an article that the suicide rates in the United States is at a 30-year high. It was an in-depth article justifying many of the reasons why certain demographics are taking their life. NPR did an extraordinary in-depth article on the extraordinary rates of suicide of indigenous people in Greenland. Links to these articles are here in the show notes. Not too long ago, I had a conversation with a veteran of the armed services 
and he is battling a seven-year high of suicides of veterans who are trying to reintegrate into civilian life. And the United States military is beginning to wake up that the suicide rate amongst veterans is just getting out of control. So this topic of suicide is near and dear to me, and even more so as I witness how people choose to live a much happier, healthier, stable, balanced life while they complete our 12-month journey together by doing the work in Pay Me What I'm Worth. Now, I realize... This show may seem like soul. Sounds like you're trying to take advantage of people who are feeling suicidal to have them pay you money to take a class. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, as a professional social worker, as someone who has been in the trenches for over two decades as being a volunteer on suicide helplines, as someone who has held the hands of people who actively have taken their life because they can no longer, with the debilitating illnesses, AIDS in particular. I am all too fundamentally aware that for me to withhold what I have to offer you in the form of becoming more balanced, more healthy, so that on the off chance you're ever called into service to someone that you love, because they are seriously thinking of taking their life, that you have the strength, you have the sense of groundedness, the peace of mind, to not only be able to extend your hand in a way that's unconditionally loving, but you can extend your hand knowing full well you have the skills to save that person's life. Let's dive into this topic of suicide. One of the number one things that I have witnessed in classes over the past decade is a person's sense of worthlessness equates directly to the likelihood of them taking their life. Of those people in class that have shared their stories, what occurs to me is there comes a point in time where the last piece of the puzzle comes into play, and that last piece is suicide. When I volunteer on suicide helplines, I often kick in to the mode of exploring with the caller. Because I'm fundamentally aware that the person on the other end of the line, they're calling to save their life. A successful suicide, a person ready to commit that act of taking their life, they're not going to call a helpline. They're not going to reach out to a family member or a friend. They're simply going to end their life. People who reach out want to live. I know that, and I'm going to tap into that desire to live by helping them broaden their vision, helping them see that there are more options available to them than what they might think they have. So when I explain to them that on our journey together, I'm going to pretend that their life is a jigsaw puzzle, and right now they're holding in their hands the last piece of that puzzle. The moment they put that last piece of the puzzle into the puzzle, life is over. Before they put that last piece of the puzzle into the puzzle, I ask them, will you let me explore with you some of the more significant pieces of the decision that you're making? 
I asked them to allow me to explore with them what role has doubt, guilt, shame, or worry played in their decision. Because I know when I came close to ending my own life, walking off a cliff, falling into the ocean, knowing farewell that the rocks just beneath the waves would instantly kill me, I knew that just before I was about to take that last step, the amount of guilt and shame that I would put into other people's lives because they just didn't know why I would do what I did. Because for these people that would know me at that point in time, it would be so completely out of the blue that I would do such a thing that they might start feeling guilty that maybe that call they should have taken from me or they would worry or they would feel ashamed that they put me off. When I began to get in touch with that I could be the source of doubt, guilt, shame, or worry in the people's lives that love and cared for me, that's what caused me to step back. That's what inspired me to reach out to people and just ask for help. And when I asked for their help, I asked people that it really stretched them to provide the help that I needed. The help that I needed at that time, being faced with almost being homeless, is having shelter, having food, having the basics of life in a way that is not judged. So I ask you, where are you at right now? when it comes to exploring versus analyzing. These two ways of being make or break the ability to make smart, informed, healthy, balanced decisions. Play along with this game. Let's pretend that I'm a foreign exchange student and I'm just beginning to grasp the English language. And I've come across these two words, analyzer, and explorer. And I'm struggling with understanding what an analyzer is and what an explorer is because I just don't comprehend that word. If you were to explain to me what an analyzer is, what would you share with me? What type of an example would you give me that demonstrates analyzing? If you need to pause this show for just a moment, do so. Think about your definition of analyzer. What would be your example of analyzing? And then flip to the term explorer. If you were to explain to me what an explorer is and what an explorer does, what would you say? Gentle listener, the difference between these two ways of being makes or breaks our sense of worth at core levels. Think about this. I know that when I start analyzing something, especially if it's something that's a little more philosophical or esoteric, when I start analyzing a problem, one problem can become two, two problems become four, all of a sudden, exponentially, this one problem opens up the whole world to the, all these other problems because I'm analyzing, 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 overanalyzing. Whereas when I get into exploring, when I let go of the outcome, 
which is what analyzing is all about, there's a whole different type of energy involved. Take a moment now. When you think of the word explorer and you think of the word analyzer, if you were to write down a list of feelings, what would they be? Taking a moment to write down the word explore on a sheet of paper and just feeling what you feel in this moment when you think of exploring, what emotions come up, happy, sad, glad, mad, anxious, joyful. And the same thing, when you write down the word analyzer and you think about analyzing, what do you feel right now? This lesson alone, ladies and gentlemen, take this lesson to heart and you've just had a $10,000 coaching session. Analyzing versus exploring form the key tools that we use to go through our journey of exploring what levels of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry have we allowed in our lives as we take our journey together. The common thing that I've found over the years with successful suicides, talking with family members and friends, is people begin to share just how much that person worried, just how much that person seemed to feel ashamed how much that person always seemed to doubt themselves. They didn't understand why that person would doubt themselves so much. Those four items, doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, play key lethal roles in our life. As I get people curious about these things, curious enough to suspend them, curious enough to just say, look, you have a choice. You can feel doubt. You can feel guilt. You're allowed to be ashamed. You certainly can worry if you want to, but for a little while, let them take a nap. As we get into this empowering feeling of exploring on phone calls with people who are actively considering taking their life, one I witness when people allow themselves to explore, explore options, explore resources, explore ways of being that maybe they've never given themselves permission to do. There's an energy that comes back online. Where are you with feeling grounded, balanced, centered? peaceful? Where are you with knowing that there's always going to be a part of a story you're never going to know? Where are you with knowing that there are parts of yourself you're going to be eternally blind to? There are parts of myself that I will never see. I will be completely blind to. There's an extraordinary tool that we use in our 12-month journey together called the Yohari Window. That's spelled J-O-H-A-R-I, Yohari Window. If you think of a traditional window with four panes of glass, one part of that window represents that which I'm aware of me that information that I am aware of me. 
another pane of glass represents information other people have about me that I really don't know about. A third pane of that window is information that both I know about myself and other people know about me. And that fourth pane of glass, I don't know it and they don't know it, meaning it's unknown. I've come to terms with the fact that I'm learning something new about me every single day. There's an aspect of who I am and what I'm here to do that blossoms in me every single day. Being aware of the fact that I'm still learning about me, that I'm still growing, provides me a sense of curiosity and wonder to keep exploring what's this journey all about. Knowing that I have blind spots of my own self and that you have blind spots of me, knowing that makes it impossible for me to adequately judge me or anybody else. Or to put this differently, you may have heard this old saying before. I think it was Socrates once quoted saying, a wise man knows the more they know, the more they don't know. To put this in context of suicide, when I've learned of a good friend or family member who has decided to take their life, yes, I'm sad. That sadness recognizes that that person made a choice. And I'll never, ever know what was behind that choice. I can be at peace that while I feel sad in this moment about that person taking their life, it will not blindside me to such a degree that I'm going to be consumed with doubt, guilt, shame, or worry. As we come to a close to this special segment regarding suicide, I'm reaching out to you because I want you to explore where you're at with your sense of balance between giving and receiving. When the day arrives that someone needs you to be there for them because they might be on that edge and you may sense that that edge might mean they could take their life, will you have available what's necessary to give to them unconditionally in a way that whatever it is that you have to give them, they can receive it. It really does boil down to a sense of balance, a sense of balance between giving and receiving. Where are you at in your own life when it comes to giving and receiving? Is it balanced? Do you give as much as you receive? A good example is something we do every minute of every day, breathing. Breathing is an extraordinary example of balance. Breathing in and breathing out. I can breathe in only so much, I can only breathe out so much. With giving and receiving, however, the more I learn to receive, you heard that correctly, the more I learn how to receive, unconditionally, receive, 
like bringing in a breath of air, the more I can give. If I'm suffocating, I can't give. So when it comes to that balance between giving and receiving, my goal is to help you experience a profound level of balance. So on that off chance, someone may reach out to you and they need your help because they're about to take their life. And for whatever reason, you've crossed paths with them in that moment where either they're going to pull the trigger, take the pills, string up the rope, but you just happen to cross their path. Will you have the resources within you to reach out to that person in a way that helps them see that, yes, while they can choose to take their life, they can also choose to live? If you need more resources, by all means, listen to any number of the classes that we have right out here at Pay Radio. For those who are ready to dive in and really get to work, join us in class. We start new classes, new 12-month classes, each time we have 12 people ready to go. Thank you for taking this time to listen to what is most often considered to be a taboo topic. More people are taking their lives. It's time for us to step up to the plate and be available in a way that those who are considering taking their life, we can be an example to them that they can choose to live. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.